In the story of the healing of the paralytic, as told in the Gospel of Mark, Pastor Ray Bentley says we see a lesson for the ages. The most spiritual thing you can do is bring people to Jesus. He alone has the power to forgive sins. He alone has the power to heal. It's all about Jesus. He alone is uniquely the revelation of God, period. That's the hour in which we live. It's all about Jesus. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Some of the greatest achievements have come when someone was in a tight spot, and when a sick man needed healing and the healer was in a home packed with people on all sides, the only option was to literally come through the roof. But today, Pastor Ray says it was all motivated by the need to bring that man to Jesus. All right, let's open our Bibles uh, to the Gospel of uh, Mark, chapter two. The power and signs of Jesus. It says, and again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. And immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. So you can imagine a tiny little home and now you know everybody that had somebody in their family, and again, we're going back 2,000 years ago. So they're running to get everybody that they know in their family, every niece, every nephew, every baby, every you know, mother and father, brother and sister, or loved one that is sick in any way, there's a guy that heals people. You know, you're not thinking you know, much beyond that. We have a chance, how long you'll be here, we don't know, let's go to the house. You get there and there are so many hundreds of people, you can't even get near the door. And that was a situation that we are now reading about. It happened so fast, with lightning speed. In verse three, and then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Now, why did they come last? Well, because they had to carry the guy. He's completely paralyzed. It took four men, so by the time they got there, there was no way they were gonna get in the house. They're not even gonna get near the door. And this sets up the whole story. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And so when they had broken through, <laughs> they, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. A great miracle is going to happen here. But the greatest miracle that we're going to see is forgiveness. The greatest miracle that happens this day is this man's sins are forgiven. And again, what we have here is the invasion of the kingdom of heaven. We see the power and the impact of Jesus' ministry, which was nothing less than the invasion of heaven itself into our natural and yet fallen world. And people were hungry for it and desperate for it. And there's a powerful, powerful draw to the miraculous display of the power of God, especially in healings. It's so instant, it's so powerful, and, and it's so liberating and so joyful. 
But I want you to notice in this particular healing, and I, I put this uh, the second place I want you to write in if you have a pen or a pencil. What kind of faith results in miracles and healings? And then there's a line for you to fill in the blank. What kind of faith? And I want you to write this down. Desperate faith. Desperate faith. These four friends came and there was no more room inside. They couldn't even get to the door. And they were not deterred. They were desperate for their friend. And I think the paralytic was desperate. He goes, guys, you got to get me to Jesus. And they were like, we got to get this guy to Jesus. And they were so desperate. <laughs> and they know, look, I've heard, I've seen people, they've been healed from this village, this place. It was like, they knew it. So we got to get him to Jesus. We can't get through the crowd. So what can we do? They were so desperate. They climbed up on somebody's roof and they tore their roof apart and destroyed personal property <laughs> to get inside and the guy got healed. So I want to ask you a question. Are you desperate for Jesus? People that are kind of blasé and kind of, oh, yeah, 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 Jesus. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's powerful. Oh, he's a Messiah. Oh, yeah, he could heal. You know, okay, whatever. If you have a whatever kind of a faith, you're going to get a whatever kind of experience. Whatever. But when you're desperate, I want to be where Jesus is. I need Jesus. I am desperate for Jesus. If I get my friend to Jesus, I know he will be healed. And the man's saying, if you get me to Jesus, I know I'll be healed. We're, we're going to have to destroy this guy's roof. I don't think there was a big discussion about it. They started peeling through, which makes a very interesting thought about what the Bible said he was like inside as somebody begins climbing through the roof. <laughs> Dust had to be falling. And, you know, the people look at the owner and he's going, you know, what can he say? And they're looking up and pretty soon I see there's a hole up in the roof. And then there's little faces looking down, you know, <laughs> and they're going, what's going, what are you doing? There's probably, how could you talk? I wonder what Jesus was doing. He's probably just smiling. And then there's little ropes and a little lame guy is being lowered down. <laughs> and, he, and he's laying there. <laughs> Help, you know, sorry, Jesus, you know, help me. So now, I mean, it is kind of funny, isn't it? I think it's supposed to be. Look, verse five. When Jesus saw their what? Faith. When he saw, that's what he was looking for. Their faith. What was their faith? Their faith was, we know you've been healing people. We know you can do it. And we wanted to make sure our friend was healed. And we're glad for all these other people that got healed. But this is our friend. We brought our friend to you because we know you can heal him. You can make him whole. And Jesus is going, wow. They just tore through this man's roof to get to me because they know I can heal him. Now, there's a very dramatic situation that is also developing, probably not to the attention of most, but within the room are not only the common people and the farmers and the fishermen, but there are some religious people, dignitaries, powerfully religious people, watching with their arms folded, not exactly blessed by the situation. So this is the kind of thing this man brings, destruction of personal property, crazy people, desperate people. What's he going to do now? Jesus knew that they were there. 
And therefore he said to the paralytic, <laughs> I love this, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Oh man, Jesus, let's go back to the man. Jesus goes straight for the heart. He immediately says to the man, son, your sins are forgiven you. Now I wanna mention, not all sickness is caused by sin. <laughs> Having said that, all men are sinners. Agreed? How many of you can honestly say that you are not a perfect human being and have not lived a perfect life? Yes? All have sinned, the Bible says, and fallen short of the glory of God. But there was a peculiar way of, of you know, that general truth that began to twist its way. It's funny how things that are true can be twisted and be quite damaging. Have you ever found that to be true? Even religious things, it's true, but by the time it comes to you, it's like you're just, somebody's twisting the knife in you. And there was a, an aberrant, false implication that whatever disease you happen to fall under, they said, well then, your sin, you deserve. You have done something peculiar, unique, that is just to you, and God is punishing you because of what you've done. How many would agree that's a pretty fearful thing to fall under? How many would be condemned? It, as opposed to that sin started, it didn't begin with us. We're born in sin before we even did anything right or wrong. It started with Adam and Eve. It started in the Garden of Eden. We're born in a fallen world. We are born fallen. We don't have to do anything to be sinners. We're sinners before we do anything. Does that make sense? But Jesus said in the Gospel of John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, read this out loud with me. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. This is even the disciples. And so, do you realize what a theological damaging thing this can be when you offensively inappropriately, in a detached way, begin judging other people. Well, what, was it this guy that his poor, sad little life, was it him that blew it or was it his mom and dad? How hard-hearted, how crass, how unlike Jesus. So Jesus just looks at them and he goes, no, he wasn't punished with blindness for something he did, nor was he punished with blindness because of something his parents did, but that God, my Father, may be glorified, boom, and Jesus is able to heal. Amen? Amen? So let me say this. Do not, do not judge anyone who is sick or they have some illness or disease or whatever and say they're getting what they deserve. Not even for the wicked. I mean, we do it to one another, even in the body of Christ. We go, oh, there, look at that. No, we all deserve. We deserve to be separated from God. Hallelujah. But God is faithful. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray went to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teaching means to them. Pastor Ray was influential in teaching us to make the Bible our manual for life. Nothing else was needed and nothing else mattered. 
He taught us to keep our eyes on Jesus, love God, our neighbors, and the Bible. We can't wait to see him again. God is good all the time. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives through the years, and your prayers are cherished by the Bentley family. If you have a message to share, you can email us, ray at raybentley.com, or post a comment on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Forgiveness is the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performs. Amen? It meets our greatest need, it costs the greatest price, and it brings the greatest blessing, eternal life. And Jesus therefore said to the man, son, your sins are forgiven. But then they began to reason among themselves, who can forgive sins but God alone? That is interesting, isn't it? Jesus forgave sins that were committed against God, equal to. It is revealing his deity here. In verse eight, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they responded thus within themselves. By the way, Jesus could have you know, healed the guy first, but he was doing this on purpose. He's pulling out of them. He knew what was in their hearts. And when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? What is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and he went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Oh, I think that was the best thing. When that paralytic, he got up and he's like, he can walk. He rolls up his bed, which he had been bound to, prisoner to, paralyzed to. And he throws that bed up over his shoulder and he's walking and he's dancing. He's going, woo, look at me. And the four of them start dancing. I think it was, they were rejoicing all the way on out. He was a changed man, but he was forgiven. And then he was also healed. And what's interesting is Jesus play on words. This man was forgiven and this man was healed. The truly paralyzed people in that room were the religious leaders sitting in the corner. Judging, judging, critical spirit, you know, mean. And, and yet the Lord loved them. He wanted to reach out to them. They were the ones sitting there with a critical spirit. As true religious leaders, they should have been helping direct the traffic to Jesus and the free clinic he was offering. Amen? When the roof opened and a paralyzed man was coming from the roof, they should have gotten up first as the religious leaders who said they have a relationship with God and walked over to the paralyzed man and had comforted him and brought him to Jesus. The most spiritual thing you can do is bring people to Jesus, amen? He alone has the power to forgive sins. He alone has the power to heal. It's all about Jesus. We live in a time and a day and an age, everything else will fall apart. Every other pillar, every other guru, every other God, every other way, there is Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And it is only through the cross and through his shed blood as the Messiah, he alone is uniquely the revelation of God, period. 
That's the hour in which we live. It's all about Jesus. He is going to be lifted up. Everything else, every other way, every other falsehood, every other idol is going to be exposed as either false, empty, or of the devil. False imitations. And so keep your eyes on Jesus. Bring people to Jesus. Be desperate if you have faith for Jesus. He is here, he is present, he heals, he loves, he resurrects, and he makes whole. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, verses 13 through 17, just real quickly, I wanna leave with this last, this kind of sums up everything. And this is where it really makes it personal for you and me. Jesus calls someone. And I put here in your notes, Jesus is the friend of the despised. Or you could say Jesus is the friend of the rejected. Or you could say Jesus is the friend of those who think nobody wants them. And I believe that there may be someone here tonight, you don't feel good enough, you don't feel worthy, you just feel under it, but you're hungry for Jesus. Just like this young man was, and we'll find out about him. Verse 13, it says, then he went out again by the sea and all the multitude came to him and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many and they followed him. So this guy brought all of his friends to Jesus. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I want you to note here, Levi, he's called Levi in Mark, but his real name is in Hebrew, Yahu, or as we would say, Matthew. Can you say Matthew? He was the most hated man in Capernaum. <laughs> he was a Jew collecting taxes for the Romans. And you know, no Jewish person, they didn't like that the Romans were there. You're in Capernaum, a beautiful little fishing village. Here are these Roman soldiers, and Herod's got his Roman palaces, and you don't wanna to have to pay for their domination of you. And it's bad enough that they're making you do this. What's even worse is that to collect your taxes for this Roman empire you despise is your Jewish brother, who is a turncoat, who is collecting taxes to give to Rome, and then how did tax collectors make their money? If you owe one denarius uh, to Rome, then you pay me a denarius. So it, you have to pay twice your taxes for this guy. And if you don't pay your taxes, this guy turns to the Romans and says, he didn't pay his taxes, nah, 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 and you get thrown in jail. Can you imagine how they despised? In fact, it is written that they would walk up to him to pay their taxes and spit on the tax collector and say, after they spit on him, there's your taxes. And he would just wipe it off, put it into his box. What, what, you know, how many of you would not want to be spit on all day long, no matter how much money, how much money would it take for you to be spit on all day long? <laughs> you know, there's people out with signs, especially in the holidays, and one of the pastors here said that he, he saw the funniest sign he'd ever seen, a little cardboard sign at an airport, and some young guy with a cardboard sign, it said, you know, kind of sad little eyes and a little coffee can out there, it said, go ahead and tell me off for $2. <laughs> 
Just yell, scream your heads off, you'll feel better, give me two. No, I don't want to be spat on. It was also a business known for stealing, taking advantage. And Matthew could not help as he sat there and probably hating and despising the hypocrisy of the religious leaders. Who knows what his wounds and hurts were. He had given up on religion, given up on God, given up on being Jewish. It's all about money, and that's all there is. But when Jesus came, Matthew could not have helped but hear of the miracles. He could not have helped of maybe listening in or going to, even on the outskirts, and wondering about Jesus. And all of a sudden, one day, you know, Matthew thinking, this guy would never give me the time of day. Jesus walks right up in front of him, calls him by name, and says, I want you to come, follow me. He knew that he was a teacher. He knew that he was righteous. He knew he was holy. He knew the anointing of God was upon him. He knew that miracles were happening. He, he knew that demons were obeying him. You know my name. You want me to follow you. Now this is the kind of religion I've been waiting for. He drops the can and he drops the tax collector. He stands up and now, I mean, he's giving up a lot. He begins following Jesus. He wrote the gospel of Matthew the very beginning of the New Testament. You'll meet him. He's your brother in Christ in heaven. Just the kind of person Jesus is looking for is someone who feels that they've lost it and they've sold out to the world. I'm just going to get what little pleasure and money that I can out of it. You know, years ago, and I'll leave you with this story. In Italy, there, was, there were some workmen they were dragging a marble block into the city of Florence, Italy. At that time, there were many sculptors. But this one block, which was brought from a very, hewn from a very famous uh, quarry of marble, contained imperfections. And so there was a very famous sculptor there named Donatello. He looked at it and he, he rejected it. He said, this is not good enough for me. So it lay there for quite a while in a cathedral yard, a useless block. One day, another sculptor came to behold the rejected stone in the cathedral yard. As he examined it, there arose something within him, extraordinary, immense, beautiful in his mind. He said, take that block. I want to work on it. He described it that, he said, I saw the image and all I had to do was free all of the marble outside of the image I saw. And when he was done, two years later, on January the 25th, 1504, Michelangelo revealed his David. It is written there that upon seeing the Michelangelo's David, no one needs to ever do sculpting ever again. He had reached perfection. It is a marvelous thing. In many ways, what a great example of how the Messiah sees you. Maybe in this world a rejected block of stone, a lump of flawed clay, and yet he sees within you, like he saw in Levi, like he saw in Matthew, I see something extremely rare and precious, and all I have to do is free it from all of its inhibitions and make something that will bring glory to my Father in heaven. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley, with great words of encouragement from today's study in the Gospel of Mark, here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, Miraculous Faith. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. 
And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge. And also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness, and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see End Times Prophecy in a whole new light. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Mark. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.